This is Buildcast, hosted by Alex Kim and Fei Fan Wan. This podcast is about the story of two friends building and launching an iPhone app called Core 15. Welcome to our journey. Hi, everybody. This is Buildcast, podcast about our journey through building our、uh, mobile app. Okay, so it's been a while since we did our last episode. You know, a lot has happened over the past couple months. We have gotten to a point where the app is about ninety-five percent ready. We have an internal beta out on test flight. Everything seems to be working really well. So we're really excited to ship this. You know, we have a really good list of beta testers ready to go. So you know, we're really, really ready to get this going. Yeah, and、uh, I think a big, big step for us both professionally and in terms of progressing in the app was figuring out how to actually get the raw content, which is these workout videos. And I could speak for myself that I've had like very minimal training in video work in my past, but maybe you haven't had. As much yourself? No, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> so we were kind of foray, kind of like diving into this whole domain with a little bit of, you know, blinders on. But yeah, so I think a big step was when you started looking into studios, right? Yeah. Just to backtrack a bit, basically where we left off last episode that we needed to shoot the videos. Um, so the some of the action items that I took on my part was to start looking at video shooting studios,、uh, specifically in the south in the South Bay. So those cities are San Jose, Cupertino, Mountain View, because that's where our trainers are, and it would be a lot more convenient for them to be able to make to those locations since they do have to run a gym full time. We were able to get a really great shooting location in downtown San Jose, and the owner was extremely accommodating. She just opened up the space only a few months ago, so she was eager for our business, and she was really eager to uh, uh, accommodate our need, which at the time was to、uh, was basically that we needed a green screen. So and equipment and equipment. Yeah. Why、like、do we need green screens? Well, we had initially thought, well, you know, we looked at a lot of our competitive apps out there and realized a lot of them were placing their trainers and models in front of just a complete flushed white background, which would keep a lot of the usability and like UX properties really easy to deal with in app. And so we thought the same. Hey, yeah, keeping it on a white background, easy peasy, right? Little did we know that when we went to the studio where she had the green screen set up on shooting day, we went an hour in advance and tried it out ourselves. Like Faye was doing jumping jacks in front of a green screen. Sometimes I would get in front of it, and fortunately enough, the、uh, studio host was very accommodating and helping us understand what it would look like in post production immediately after shooting with our cameras, which was bad. Which was really <laughs> bad. I mean,、yeah. if you've ever worked with a green screen, you would know what it feels like to see all the 
remnants and all the like green halos around someone's body when you're trying to alpha that out. And we thought, hey, if Michael Bay could do it, we could do it. But it's not as easy as just doing it in like a quick session. So yeah, we decided to just tear that thing down. We just like tore down this entire green screen that we asked this studio host to just help us out with. But she was really helpful. <laughs> yeah, well, to be clear, I think a lot of it was just our lack of expertise. I think if you're ever going to work with green screen in the future, one thing that we learned was that the lighting must be extremely consistent throughout and that the green screen itself has to be completely smoothed out. So our green screen was more like a green cloth and when we stretched it out, it had a lot of crevices and, and like weird sort of like stretch marks that just didn't work out. And we tried our best, but then we had to think about alternative plans. Yeah. So we pretty much just had to think on the fly and come to realize a lot of the branding moment for us there was, do we just want to shoot with what we got in the studio, which is this really nice, pretty nice concrete floor that looked kind of industrial, yet very warm toned and this really nice flush white background. And we thought maybe this could actually be a good branding opportunity for us to just shoot right there. And we also considered possibly using some of the furniture that was around the studio space to make it look as if it was somebody's living room. But I mean, we went through a couple of different yeah. options, but we were pretty we were pretty happy with the end result, especially after the post-production work we put into it. Yeah, yeah. so we ended up keeping it extremely minimal. So it was, it was the concrete floor and the white wall. And the white wall was, um, it looked really, really, really white in the video when we shot it. So that worked out really well. But I think once we got into it, we didn't really know what we were expecting, what, what we should do. Because we were kind of like mini directors in a sense. But uh, basically what we told the trainers was that we were going to take two takes only for all the exercises. In hindsight, I don't know if that was really smart because we didn't really review any of the footage <laughs> at the time. So if we lost or if any of them was messed up, then we would have been screwed. Absolutely. And we would have had to spend a lot of money to rebook the studio and the trainers. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a big learning. Another big learning was that we didn't take enough uh, still photos, the exercises, which was going to be in the, a very useful property for us to have in terms of marketing and in terms of like our list page, uh, yeah. which needed static images of what the workout will feel and look, look yeah. and feel like. Yeah. Uh, and we just completely just didn't even think twice about that. Well, good thing the trainers are pretty good looking, so yeah. you don't need a lot of enhancements there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we also had a lot of fun with recording the voice prompts, right? Yeah, so this, once again, I feel like this is just a really big call out to Fran Tabrizi, who was the host of this studio space who rented it out to us. She, on the fly, just created a mini recording booth in the 
back of her studio, which was pretty much just a closet. It was just a giant closet of random knickknacks and whatever. Yeah. And she just posted up a really nice microphone below a stairwell to kind of pad the noise. But that was pretty much our studio setting. Just humble, the most humblest thing you would ever see (laughs) when it comes to audio recording. (laughs) So, I mean, if you could picture it, it's basically there's a staircase and under the stairs, we have like a little bit of space and there's like a wall right underneath. And she actually had egg cartons pasted on the wall. And then the microphone, which was really nice, it actually had this like spit, yeah, like mouth catcher, guard. yeah, <laughs> the mouth guard, which actually we I never even knew this, but when you talk into a microphone, there's a lot of I guess there's a lot of spit and there's a lot of air coming out of your mouth, especially with your puh, puhs. Puh. Yeah, 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 there it is. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna hear this right into your ears yeah. right now. <laughs> So this this screen basically catches all that, and she had that, and our setup was like Harry Potter's room <laughs> in the human world. <laughs> yeah, and that you know that's the first thing that it reminded me of. Right. But then when we shot the the sound, it actually turned out to be perfect. I mean, it's uh, like it's. I was really really happy with it. I don't think I really wanted or needed another take at all yeah. once we shot it yeah. or recorded it, rather. Yeah, absolutely. I think the trainers were pretty cooperative and really game to just kind of fly with us in this experiment and really accommodated for the type of spirit we were asking them to have, even though we weren't great <coughs> directors, per se. We didn't know how to elicit those kind of feelings and that kind of spirit, <laughs> but... You know, they brought their A-game still and just like really went above and beyond. So these voice prompts were great and during the recording sessions they were game to just do these really tough exercises double time and a couple times over so that we could get a perfect shot for them. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we talk about like, oh yeah, should we try to let the trainers' personalities shine through? And how would we do that? And I think, you know, the, 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 their voices pretty much does a lot of it already for us. Darren has, like, this perfect sort of low-toned uh, radio voice. Yeah. That uh, I think he could, he could be, like, a voice actor if he wanted to. <laughs> or just, read, just do public readings, and I would go to that. And Hannah was, like, super perky and really, like, energetic and friendly. So, you know, you could definitely get a feel for the kind of people that they are just by listening to their voices. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was really fun. Cool. And so I think it was one of those moments where even though we've had long nights uh, working together, you know, a lot of it felt very familiar. But this was one of those nights... Of work or days of working where I felt really like physically drained just literally getting things like in a physical space like around and um, I think that just like I had one of the best R&R sessions after that (laughs) well you also (laughs) try to do one of the exercises oh yeah that's true like during some of the shoots 
I was trying to replicate the exercises that were being filmed at the same time. It didn't go well. It really didn't go well. Um, there's this one thing called the um, extended push-up, which was just a very like difficult form of a push-up that I just never knew was possible. And when I was watching uh, one of our trainers, Darren, do it, it seemed so flawless and so simple when looking at him. But the moment that I got on the floor and got into prep position, and Hannah, the other trainer, was like, okay, now lift yourself. For the longest time, I just couldn't lift myself. Yeah. Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> we got a problem. No lift up. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was pretty... Overall, it, was, it just felt like one of the more, like, like obviously, like, energy-draining days of work, which was great. It was yeah. great. It's nice to have that kind of feeling at the end of the day. You know? It's good energy, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we celebrated by going to Chili's afterwards. Yeah, well, to be clear, we planned to go to this one tofu house called Sogomdong uh, Sundugu, tofu house on El Camino in San Jose Center. I don't know exactly formally where, but... Which is where you grew up. Well, yeah, I, I mean, like, I grew up in that neighborhood, and this is, like, the family restaurant for us. So it was. I was really excited to take Faye there, but there's just not that many bar options around that vicinity, except for a chili sitting on the corner of Lawrence and El Camino. So we decided to go there and just grab maybe three margaritas. or four margaritas, gin and tonics, <laughs> gin and tonics. <laughs> Hey, the chili's bar was not bad. It wasn't Let's bad. Let's be fair. It wasn't, yeah. It you was know, I think a Bombay Sapphire gin and tonic was like, I don't know, like six bucks. Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, it was. Yeah. there was actually a crowd at around 4.35 o'clock in yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. Um, the bartender was really friendly. And it was your first time at a Chili's establishment in your life. No, that was, that was my second time. Oh, the first second time was when we checked out the studio oh, space. Right. <laughs> a few days before, we also went to Chili's. <laughs> right, so we made it kind of like a, a unspoken tradition. tradition. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, there's an, there's also another establishment uh, called Lawrence Sauna or Lawrence Health Center. Which is right there on the corner of Lawrence and El Camino as well. Another yeah. big family establishment for me personally that we went to. And this is a real, I kind of pitched it as a really strong bonding opportunity between Faye and I because if you're familiar with this location, you, you have to go stark naked. I, I mean, it's, it's co ed, or it's not co ed. Like, it's not co ed. Yeah. It's split gender, like, females have to go to the female side. Men have to go to the um, men's side, but uh, between us, you know, I think that was just like a bonding moment to be like very transparent, literally with uh, one another, uh, and just realize that hey, we just had a good, yeah, we just had a great working day. We're just trying to relax now. We're just trying to kick back. We're just trying to really get to know each other on a new level, and I think that was just like a little fun exercise in doing yeah. all of that together. <laughs> I guess just understanding that technology or not, we're just a bag of meat. (laughs) (laughs) We're just animals at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go to that song, you'll realize that we come in all shapes and sizes and 
No kidding. Weird forms. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary of the shooting day. Absolutely. And so after getting all of that raw content, um, a big step was post-production. What, what I've figured to call post-production in the video editing world. And a lot of interesting things came up about how to handle these big, big files called video, raw video files, how to compress yeah. it. There was a lot of lessons to learn about about that, especially when it comes down to jam-packing it into this tiny thing called a mobile app. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which in itself inherently has to be one of the smallest things out there on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to be clear, you know, our plan is to bundle in at least two workouts yeah. uh, with the app so that the user doesn't have to download the videos um, when they first open the app. So one of our challenges is that, you know, we wanted to be able to have that experience where the user can do all of our workouts offline, but at the same time, you know, we didn't want them to download like the equivalent of a movie at the end of the day. So from my research, the limit there was a hundred megabytes to be downloaded via LTE. Uh, otherwise it has to be downloaded via Wi-Fi. So just to give you a little preview, I think our first build of the app was, a, was about 550 megabytes. So the minimal amount times five. Times <laughs> 5.5. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is... No, that math is right. Yeah, right. well, yeah, I'm not a mathematician. I'm just giving a rough 550 estimate. divided by 100, what is it? 550 divided by 100. 5.5. Yeah, it is 5.5. Boom. I, I, I totally... <laughs> my whiskey-infested yeah. mind was, was working. Yeah, I totally wasn't <laughs> debating that answer as much as I was confirming that I was bad at that. Yeah, I'm not sure if you did the computation. I did it. I you did it. Yeah. <laughs> But that's not the point here. We know we're, I'm bad at math. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's obvious. Just, so just to give you some context about why our app was so big, our, my uh, original plan for the app was that we would have 15 minutes of continuous workout video. And it would just, you know, I would basically intercept the video at various points and, and just like mark them as the beginning of an exercise or beginning of a break, whatever the case may be. And I quickly realized that was a bad idea just because we were originally wanting to do 720p, which is a fairly high resolution for the phone actually. And the size of a video uh, when it comes to 720p is huge, even if it's just like a few seconds. So I, I quickly realized that we needed to re-architect the, the way that we were consuming the exercises. And basically the trick here is that for both of our exercises, the exercises actually repeat. So, you know, you would have four unique, four or five unique exercises and they would repeat maybe two or three times yeah. to fill up the 15 minute slot. Uh, so my idea there was that I could actually just load up, you know, we could actually just have one 
20 second clip of the exercise bundled up with our app and we could load that video up as that exercise comes up every time since we don't really need different versions of that exercise as the trainer did it because they're very all they're all very similar at the end of the day right so that took a bit of time to do but you know it, it turns out that that was a great idea but even then I think we were still ending up at 550 megabytes at 720p and we were also looking to video compression technologies yeah so I actually contacted a couple of my friends who were in the um, photography and videography space tried to get some idea about what some best practices some great tools and resources were out there and uh, one thing that they introduced me to was Adobe Media Encoder which was a lifesaver that thing was pretty much just godsend yeah. <laughs> it pretty much allowed you to take any video files store it in there and compress it at any resolution and is able to give you uh, any type of quality for whatever uh, device that you're trying to uh, replicate the video for. And so it was very specific, very explicit, it was really easy to understand and it really, I don't know, like this is the part where I'm also going to try to attempt math again. <laughs> but a single video, a single video size at the raw amount that we had was around 80, about 80 megabytes. megabytes worth. And pretty much after compressing it with Adobe Media Encoder, we got it down to 8, or no, we got it down to 8 megabytes per second at a 720 resolution and about three to four megabytes at a 480 resolution, which is pretty insane. Technology. <laughs> which is pretty about, which is a pretty insane amount of savings of, for space if you could consider that. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Thank you, computer scientists. Because <laughs> yeah. without you guys, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Supposedly, I, I think I heard some news that some people from like Harvard or from some Ivy League school actually created the Pied Piper compression algorithm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I heard about this. It's like Dropbox. Yeah. 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 So, I missed that show. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were also like having an adventure with video editing tools, right? Yeah. So, you know, I've had some experience with Final Cut Pro, Premiere, and uh, iMovie having, you know, had an Apple laptop for the past decade or so, everybody would be familiar with tools like iMovie that they force into your system. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it just came down to ease of use, uh, minimal requirements for features. And something like Premiere just started feeling really too heavy. Because all I really needed to do was just some really quick white balancing and a little bit of color correction and a little bit of cropping. And I realized that in Premiere, it became much more of a task to try to figure out how to make that entire workflow a repeatable task. But in iMovie, it just happened to be as easy as copy and pasting, like just Control-C, uh -huh. Control-V. And so it seemed a lot more intuitive to just get 
the same task done over every single exercise video that we needed to get done, which was about 20 or so at the end of the day. Over like four workouts. Over four different workouts, about 20 different exercises that were that uh, the workouts consisted of. So <clears throat> iMovie just became an obvious choice because it just gave me the minimum feature set. And it's free. And it's free. <laughs> and not only is it free, you are forced to get You're it. Forced to get it. Like have an Apple. Like a U2 album. <laughs> like a U2 album. <laughs> way more useful. Absolutely, way more useful. So yeah, that's that's definitely, you know, a big ups to, you know, Apple software programs, which you don't get to celebrate that yeah. often, but this is a good moment for using iMovie and just getting yeah. the work done. But there's some dumb stuff in there though, in terms of you were not able to get oh like goodness. a time time uh, indicator. Yeah, there there is no in the raw canvas where you place all the video files, audio files, uh, transitions and titles and all of that. Like that section usually in any other decent video editing tool would Require to have a timestamp to let you know, hey, your video at this point is 1.2 seconds, 2 seconds, 2.5 seconds. That's just a minimal requirement, but iMovie just didn't have that for some reason. I don't know why, because maybe they decided in the new redesign that normal everyday consumers are not going to care about the minutia of how long their movies, their home movies are. <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, I kind of see that a lot. Yeah. I think in Apple products right now, yeah. in terms of even with iPhoto, or yeah. what they call it photos. Yeah. You know, when you import your photos, they don't allow you to see the photo files. Right. Yeah. Which is insane to me. Right. Like, they kind of wrap up all of your photos in this one uh, single file uh, that you cannot, like, unzip or open up uh, or you know in order to upload it into other services or share with others which I think is quite frankly pretty weird because I like yeah. the program but like that whole thing is kind of messed up to me yeah I don't know I don't know why they make some of these decisions anyways but it's a celebration to say that it was a helpful tool for the right moment at the right time <laughs> yeah yeah Sure thing, but yeah, so anyway, um, we're, our app is still at 550 megabytes plus and it's not working and uh, it's nerve-wracking because if the user can only download your app via Wi-Fi, you know, uh, you, kind of have, you kind of have a problem because a lot of users don't necessarily connect their phones to Wi-Fi at the end of the day and they, they expect to be able to get the app uh, through their mobile network. So, you know, so this kind of 100 megabyte uh, goal was, was arbitrarily set for us and we needed, to, we needed to hit that. You know, so basically what we decided was that, I'll, I'll, we also did a little bit of research in terms of what's the optimal video size for iOS devices and for phones I think you know 480p was pretty good for the most part you know despite the fact that we also support iPads we just needed to make a call and 720p was clearly too big for our app so we we made the call to go down to 480p 
and we were able to ship the app at 65 megabytes at the end of the day, which was amazing. Yeah. Because now all y'all can download this app straight through your network, your mobile carrier's network. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a game changer for us, you as could, far as I'm concerned. You could download it, delete it, and then download it a second time and still be fine with your data coverage. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm just, that's over 10% of a gig. <laughs> I just be clear. I don't know what kind of data coverage everybody has. <laughs> I don't suggest it, but I'm just saying at least we've compressed it down enough where you could comfortably do that. Where Apple says it's okay. Right. You know, I take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> sure. Then almost trillion dollar company is saying that. And we have to follow. I... You know, and that's part of the reality of iOS development is you're at the service of Apple in a lot of ways uh, and you just have to do what they say, which is frustrating. But, but you know, we love mobile development and that this is what we have to do. So yeah, and the next thing that I was uh, kind of exploring was analytics. Um, you know, I'm quite passionate about that. Coming from the web world, I'm quite familiar with Google Analytics, Mixpanel, Heap Analytics, those kind of tools. I always drop it into my project by a segment, which is basically a tool that manages all of your JavaScript plugins. Uh, so I figure for my mobile app, that's also what I wanted to do. So yeah, I mean, I was able to set it up pretty well via CocoaPods. And I was able to integrate Mixpanel, Google Analytics, uh, and all of those all of those services that I've uh, gotten familiar with over the years. And it seems like it's working pretty well. And besides that, I also started experimenting with Crashlytics, uh, which is part of Fabric, which is purchased by Twitter, as I understand it. <laughs> And Crashlytics is kind of like a huge mixed bag of functionalities. You know, it, its base is uh, to report crashes, uh, which as I, as I understand, uh, iOS 9 actually has natively. It also has another product called, called Answers, which tracks user behavior. And on top of that, it actually distributes beta. So we were able to um, basically start distributing beta versions, internal beta versions of the app via Crashlytics. Despite the fact that we had some issues with it, uh, we were not able to install the app unless we restarted our phones. Hard restart. <laughs> Hard restart. Uh, but still, you know, for a period of time, I was not sure, because I've been developing this on Xcode beta using the newest version of Swift, the newest version of the iOS API, and I was actually um, not able to run the app on my personal phone because uh, you know I I didn't take the time to investigate it, but I you know I wasn't sure if I if it was gonna run on our phone like you know like ever since I started using Xcode beta. It stopped running on my phone physically. So, you know, I was developing the dark uh, only with simulators. So, uh, with Crash Analytics beta distribution, at least I was able to see, like, oh, yeah, this will run on my phone. 
and this is real and this works and I can take this to the gym right now and have a great workout. Yeah. And having that was kind of a great experience. Having it tapped on a phone just yeah. makes all the difference in the experience. It just seems so obvious, I guess, but the, the emulators when you're even dragging it on your mouse compared to actually yeah. pulling down your thumb across a list, it yeah. just feels so much different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like the closest thing I've had to sort of just having this divine experience with a creation of yeah. mine, you know, it's kind of like all of a sudden I just really, really cared about it and if anybody was going to stand in the way of stopping it from coming into existence, I was ready to, I was ready to fight them <laughs> at the very least, you know. Um, so, you know, that was quite a revelation for me and I'm sure it was for you too, you know, because it's all, all the designs yours and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it felt good. Absolutely. It felt good. And, and right after we actually went to the gym and tried to do the workouts mm -hmm. ourselves, mm -hmm. how did that go? It, once again, like I mentioned on our shoot day when I was trying to do the exercises, it didn't go too well. It was a, it was a very humbling experience, but yet I think it helped to really drive empathy for who we feel like we're going to reach out to and I feel more and more confident after having done the exercise that it definitely is people like me <laughs> well, just to be clear though I was more okay than you absolutely <laughs> yeah I work out yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely to clarify that I can only speak for myself oh, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not contextualizing it as we did bad oh, I'm just yeah. saying I had a hard time. Well, I didn't do bad, but yeah. it was just hard. It was, I mean, it's hard. It was difficult, absolutely. And um, what does the scorecard say? The scorecard? Like how? Like did we actually complete a workout? No. So <laughs> we actually, you know, it's kind of a means of QAing as many workouts as possible. Decided that we were going to do half of one of the exercises or the, half of one of the workouts and half of the other workout that we're going to make publicly available on launch and which we considered was going to be a complete 15 minute workout to get like half and half together but I barely could even get through <laughs> half of a half of a workout <laughs> You tried though, I was impressed. Thanks, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, at least you gotta put a heart into it, right? Well, if you're curious, uh, we're gonna, we actually shot videos of Alex uh, both uh, doing the workout and also after the workout. I think you were pretty strong about having your girlfriend experience or at least appreciate the, res the possible results of this 10 minute workout that you did. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I, I read an article about trying to figure out the best motivations to actually start getting into an exercise routine and getting into healthy diets. Um, and people say that it's because you create so much of an abstraction like health and lifestyle and fitness. These are too abstract. Yeah. You gotta be much more granular about your goals. I just want to see my girlfriend smile at my body at the end of the day. <laughs> 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 That's a tall order, though. It's a tall order. 
But at least that'll be far more measurable than I guess the way no, I feel. I'm kidding. I'm sure she smiles at your body. Uh, <laughs> I, so yeah. So to 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 clarify, I want her to smile at my body because not how ripped it is. Exactly. Not out oh, of yeah. the comedy of it, but of the drama <laughs> and action of it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All the actions she could get. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, man. Thanks. Yeah. But that's the that's the fun of this. That's the fun of the app that I'm already experiencing myself, and just committing to it, and then being a part of just this, just this bigger routine and plan to try to uh, apply this and to try to get better at these workouts and trying to become a master of these exercises, which. For some of them, I can. I had to do many of the modif- modified yeah. versions. I was proud of you. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah I was proud of you. Yeah. And, and you know, I also had a really hard time. And one of the things that we realized was that the speed at which the trainer was doing the workouts was uh, really difficult. Yeah. If you are not completely ripped. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, when we're thinking about the personality of our app and um, ways that we can encourage our users, uh, some of which we'll talk about in a bit, you know, it's okay if you don't do the work, like if you don't do the exercises at the speed at which the trainers do them. It's meant to be difficult, it's meant to be a reach goal rather than right. something that you measure yourself against. And at the end of the day, even if you did 10 minutes, 7 minutes, 9 minutes, you should still feel great right. about what you did. Absolutely. And you know, at the end of the day, from what I've heard at least, the secret of getting really great, getting into great shape, is to just do it every day. Yeah. Do it in the morning, do it at night, all you need is a mat, and that's it. That's it. Cool. Buildcast is brought to you by Fei Fan Wan and Alex Kim. You can find our episodes at buildcast.fm and you can find the app that we're building at core15.co. Feel free to chat with us or ask us any questions on Twitter at buildcast.fm. Thanks for listening. See you next time.